I'm Bill Hoverston, an actor, writer, producer, stand-up comedian, and the host of But You're Not Funny, a podcast for young-at-heart boomers and boomers-to-be looking to live happier and healthier lives. Uh, this is But You're Not Funny, and my guests today are Wally and Tanya Baggett, creators of a system of personal self-protection called the Boundaries WAP program. That's W-A-P for Workshop for Assault Prevention. And they're going to explain what it's all about and how you can avoid some sticky situations and always use protection in all areas of your life. So you're both award-winning choreographers, dancers, actors, writers, and martial arts masters. Probably marital arts too. You switch those two letters and you get from martial to marital. You've also been doing uh, experiential therapy, role-playing psychodrama therapy in New York and LA designed to help those who are recovering from childhood and adult trauma abuse, and chronic self-worth issues. Did I get that pretty much right? Tanya, I wanted to start with you. Uh, Early on, you gained notoriety when you appeared on Broadway. You originated the role of Hava. Yes. In Fiddler on the Roof. Directed by Jerome Robbins, it was the first musical theater run in history to hit more than 3,000 performances and it won nine Tony Awards. Now, Tanya, a part of a trio, you were singing Matchmaker, Matchmaker, Make Me a Match, about or to be Arthur. Uh, And I got the funniest text from you. It was a parody clip of a woman singing Mask Maker, Mask Maker, Make Me a Mask, because of COVID and all. (laughs) <laughs> Do you, can I put you totally on the spot? Could you sing a line or two? No. <laughs> ah! Okay, fair enough. You, you've earned a rest there. <laughs> it's amazing, Bill. Fiddler is done all over the world. Yes. It represents unity. Right. It's something tradition. We all want tradition. And then you, you worked with uh, Jerome Robbins on other productions, too. Yeah, I did West Side. You know, I went in, I was uh, understudying uh, anybody's. I started taking dance uh, when I was four years old, and it's become my life. We were working in a dance studio where they were teaching this martial art, uh, Chinese martial art that was fascinating. And that developed into the art that we both practice and which were both masters, and that we developed the WAP Boundaries Workshop. It's all connected with dance and martial arts, using those therapeutically as well as in a more life pragmatic way. Uh, I'm really proud of you. You were a great WAP participant. Well, thank you. You know, one of the shows that we won uh, Best Choreography for was Uh called Tracers. It's specifically about Vietnam, guys in Vietnam. And they're real. They even did it for the Queen of England. Yeah, we won um, all kinds of awards, and the, all of the dancers, all the actors were bet, and they actually were in Vietnam. 
But oh. they did a number that was choreographed. It was all Kung Fu, all Wally's martial arts. We won best choreography. They were doing well. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, Wally, I wanted to uh, just touch on your background, too. I had come to Los Angeles to become an overnight um, acting success, you know. Everybody does. Yeah. <laughs> and along the way, I suddenly realized I was totally in love with dancing. I was doing every day, spending all my money for all the classes I could take until she finally suggested that why don't we just hang out and go out together instead and I could stop paying for classes and then later on we got married. <laughs> and to this day, I still take her class. Uh, and you and I are in class together at times. Yes. God, I'm telling you so much about your private life. <laughs> and you're a dancer too. I know, and you're yeah. a dancer. Sure. So I had done a lot of theater in Los Angeles. I got so frustrated trying to get work that I decided to write work for myself. Yeah. So I wrote a play, which you've been to readings of, that opened some doors for me. My wife, my teacher, my partner and collaborator in every single project we've done since we've been together. We've done productions of Fiddler on the Roof, West Side Story, Tracers. You know, when you're in a show, that becomes your family. Mm. And Fiddler, Hal Prince, is like uh, my surrogate father and Wally's. He was with us in all of our projects and trying to push it. Like with Flapball Change, because he knew Timmy, my brother. Right. Read the play, flipped on it, got it to Rob Marshall. <laughs> He's the guy that directed the film version of Chicago, A-list director. Brilliant. He got it to perhaps one of my favorite living directors in the world, Pedro Almodovar, the Spanish mm. director. Yeah. He really loves it. Uh, yeah. So Just waiting to get things, but I love the way how we go, okay, get on the phone, you know, in his office at uh, Rockefeller Plaza. I mean, these projects, we just keep faith. They will be done, they're brilliant. And the, the play, Elevator Music, Ed Asner wants to do as a film, but things will happen as long as we all keep our health and faith. You know, Ed, yeah. Ed Asner was considering the role of my father in the short film I produced, Mother's Day Memories. Oh, wow. I think you told me yeah, that, yeah. 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 He was so, right on the, on the edge and, and didn't, but uh, Conrad Bachman did an incredible job, and it's been yeah. picking up some awards at some festivals. So, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Hey, I love that we're all in the same world. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Oh God, that is crazy. And I love that you're writers, and we're actors, and we're martial artists, and podcast. Uh, uh, legends right here sitting oh, oh, and, dancers. and Dan dancers and, and dancers yeah yeah it's amazing yeah. yeah and I love taking your class too Tanya so Wally and Tanya I'm honored to have you here on the show I've known you for several years and I've taken the boundaries WAP program from both of you now that class was for me such a confidence builder and I saw amazing transformations in the other students as well. Can you give us, first of all, just a brief feel for what this is about? It's a program for people to learn defending themselves, diffusing possible 
assault. And it's also a way of reinforcing personal boundaries. Anybody can learn, people of, of any age. I mean, children that are preschool, people in their 80s. We've had people in wheelchairs, people with strokes, and then just regular people. The boundaries part, if somebody's getting too close to you physically, you provide a way to set those boundaries and maintain them. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's an exercise we do called the Drunk Uncle Harry. You give a party and your Drunk Uncle Harry, loaded out of his mind, leans on me. It's inappropriate. So what is my boundary? I don't want to hurt him. So I would turn away from him. Right. And walk away. Right. Goes further and is hanging on me and becoming inappropriate. I have learned techniques that I can reach behind him and take him to the floor. These techniques could be used to injure somebody. You control the situation and you exactly. choose not to cause injury. Personal self-protection. Yeah. to work under so many actual real-life circumstances. This is not something where you have to go to a dojo and put on a gi. It's the knowledge and it's the self-confidence that comes along with it. You're learning a tool to take care of your life. So another thing we developed was how to draw a map of the home I live in. Right. I know every room in there. I know every exit. I know where every piece of furniture is. And if somebody comes in, I know it, and I can turn the lights out and get the hell out of there. And we go into the world using those same techniques at your place of work, in your home, mm. on the street. We give these techniques, and then we have people use them in all of those situations. And the great thing is, guys, we're going to share this with our audience today. So that's very exciting. Now. Yes. I wanted to mention, since we all know people in the entertainment industry, a few folks, I just have to share this with you. Last year, I got a hit in Hollywood. What? Oh, oh wow. Actually, well, actually uh, sorry, uh, let me rephrase. I got hit in Hollywood by a car <laughs> when I was crossing a street. It hit me just <laughs> below the knee breaking the, the bone, my head shattered the windshield, I spun up in the air and came down on the street. What? Well, I was on video of that. I was, what? I wish someone had recorded it, you know? Not for insurance though, Wally, but for my demo reel. <laughs> I could start a career as a stuntman. Yeah. So the ambulance picks me up to take me to the ER. Now, on the way, I get my phone, I call my wife, I'm trying not to worry her. Right. And I say, uh, I had an accident, uh, I'm on my way to the hospital, uh, hopefully I'll be out before too soon. And she says, stop talking, I can't <laughs> hear you. Wait until the ambulance passes. <laughs> I said, I'm in the ambulance. Oh, so, no. <laughs> if coming from Hollywood didn't make me feel like enough of a celebrity, there was the celebrity price on the ambulance trip. That little trip cost $1,600. Holy shit. have taken an Uber, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they literally charged me an arm and a leg. Oh, shit. <laughs> so they wheel me into the ER. Now there's a dozen people 
standing over my bed, looking down at me and pulling off my pants. Sexy right now, it's a hospital, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cat scan, they find I don't have any cats. They actually me till I'm cooked medium rare. <laughs> Great. They say, I broke this bone, the fibula, just below the right. knee. No, no fib. Well, but sure. at least I can laugh since they didn't break my funny bone. And the cops bring in a woman who's screaming obscenities. They've just arrested her, and they put her in the bed next to mine. And then when she's medically released, they take her away for booking. So she got a booking in Hollywood. <laughs> okay, Bill. Almost as good as a hit in Hollywood. <laughs> well, they send me home, home with a heart monitor taped to my chest. Guys ever wear a heart monitor? Yeah. yeah. You know how annoying yeah, those yeah, be. Yeah. I, I so I had this idea. At one point, I just said, "Forget it. I'm going to take it off of me, <laughs> strap it onto the dog, so that I can imagine the doctor calling me and going, "Ah, oh, Bill, your heartbeat is very unusual." That was my big break. Great break, Bill. Great and break. I learned some things about Hollywood. You know, when they say a car will pick you up, make sure you're inside the car. If they say you're going to be in the cast. Make sure it's not a leg cast. And when they say break a leg, don't take it literally. <laughs> oh, no. Well, guys, uh, Wally and Tanya, I'm guessing that you don't teach people how to fight off a speeding car. Yeah. The thing with the speeding car is the awareness that starts happening. You become aware of everything that is around you. Yeah. Crossing the street, I, I almost have surrounding vision. So right. I can see different things coming. When I'm walking and I have the instinct that something isn't right, something is following me, I can start to look if I'm on the street and every window around me, every store window, and I can see what's behind me. I'll look, you know, get on my phone if I need to. If I'm That's a very good example. Thank you. Yeah. Now, if you're not doing, if you're not observant, and you're, say, just walking close to a wall, and there's a blind alley coming up in front of you, somebody's going to be able to step right out in front of you and be in your face. Even if I'm close up, I can take him out. I yeah. know how to take him out. I move forward. I do not run away from him. Do not let him pull me. And I move into him like I trip him up. We always move toward we don't step back from it because that way you have control you have your balance and you're taking theirs and then you have a variety of choices what to do beyond there you could just put one hand out as you're moving into them moves them completely out of the way with really very little effort on your part except to keep walking suppose you got a little farther down the street safely and you come up to an ATM. Could you describe, Tanya, what you would do if there was somebody that grabbed you from behind? At the ATM, I would just settle my weight, take the panic that I get, move back into him, turn. I never move away from him. Turn. Uh -huh. I can take that person down, break his ankle, and stop him from running after me, walk away, not looking away from him, grab my phone, if I don't have a phone, start screaming for the police. Right. 
Let me give some specific little accents to that. Yeah. So do you want to use a French accent? Accent français. I should use an accent American. Anyway, so so here's the deal. The guy grabs, and as she steps back, she just brings her elbow, perhaps her right elbow, directly back into his solar plexus. You don't have to look. You really don't even have to aim. Just step back and drive that elbow back. Then she turns. The foot she stepped back with, now that's the leg that's facing him, and an open palm to the throat. Those two things alone pretty much will end almost any situation. You're getting in your car. If I'm at my car and I have my key in and someone grabs me and pushes me against the car, I just step back and I go down on his foot. Your right foot is going yeah. down on the top of his right foot yes. in that sensitive area. Exactly. Okay, and then, and then I, what? I turn into him, hit, turn into him, take his throat, and then or otherwise I can go into his center with my elbow, uh -huh. turn, press him down and on, into the floor, and then I can also take a kick to the face. And yeah. she can kick yeah. him in that area that we won't discuss on the show because it could be <laughs> PG rated. <laughs> what you learn to do is find your targets. Because yes. I never know how that person's going to fall. Mm -hmm. If his face is there, I'll go right for the eye. I'll go for the throat. But I find a target. Yeah. When you're going into your front door, you use a key. Mm. You've got a weapon at all times. I can turn and slice him across the top of his forehead, but always move into him and he'll bleed. This is great information for, for people to be aware of. Now, let's take an example inside the house. You're in your kitchen and there's noise oh. going. Maybe you've got a radio going, maybe the fan, and you're not aware that somebody has crept up behind you and they've grabbed you. Uh, what could you do? When I'm grabbed, I will feel panic. Mm. But even if I'm like cooking with a uh, with spatula, that's my weapon. I turn back into the attacker, turn, use that spatula across his forehead or his nose. That's my weapon. His, his stomach, his anything. I can hit his neck. nose with it, his throat, you know, and then move through so I take him down to the floor. Right. I want to save my life. Right. And then if his foot's there or something, I'm going to break some. And then I'm going to get the hell heck out of there and call the police. And the other thing, too, is like um, there's so many other weapons. If I don't have, if I'm not cooking, I'm just putting salt and pepper and different seasoning. Sure. That well. salt shaker is a weapon. I can turn back into him, turn and put it into his eye. Mm. Step through again. So is the salt itself. And the salt itself is a weapon. Yeah, burns his eyes. You know? pepper, pepper would just make him sneeze, though. <laughs> That's maybe not as good. But everything yeah. in that kitchen is a weapon. You know, sure. it's like... Well, yeah, what else? Paper towel roll. Right. I'm like, I'm doing something with the paper towels, and I'm starting to rip it off. I'll turn toward him and jab it into his throat. But I move right. into him. I've got to move into him to take his balance. Ten foil, anything. Yeah, that's great. That's yeah, really great. Yeah. That's really anything that's in that kitchen 
is a weapon. You Here's know? the thing. Yeah. There's a lot of soft tissue areas, the throat being one of the most common. Mm. Another great place to strike with the end of the roll yep. is right over the end of the nose and the bridge of the mouth just above the nose. Mm. Um, the corners of the eyes that are more accessible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. These are all areas that are soft tissue areas that you can do some actual damage, but definitely cause harm stomping on the ankle, breaking the ankle, which might sound severe until you realize that you've been attacked in your own home and you need to make sure that they can't get up again and come after you. Like you had the graduation class and we brought in the big guys you've never oh met. Oh my gosh. You know, no, that was... They, that was okay. something. That was something. Two guys, two big guys at once. Yeah. Multiple attackers. Right. And no matter how big the guys are or ferocious looking, and we tried to find the biggest, and they were most ferocious, with bad <laughs> breath and stuff like that, guys that we could and, find. And when they were done, you, you sent them back to the gorilla cage at the LA Zoo. I did. I did. And, and we're still feeding them we're properly. Still, yeah. 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 <laughs> Lots of bananas. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was quite an experience. I really have to say. Yeah. But then learning to to apply this to other situations, like in the kitchen, we talked about. It could be something like a can that you pull yeah. off the shelf, oh, yes. or some little object, a little plastic coffee thing, whatever. Anything you can access, you can grab. That's useful. What I loved was that you guys took us on an actual field trip where we did walk down the street and, oh, there's a blind corner, watch out, somebody's gonna be there, here's a car, here's the ATM. And for me, one of the very powerful exercises was where you took us each to bed. <laughs> yeah, it was, it really wore me out, but yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 Somebody is on top of you, what do you do? Besides going, oh my gosh, this nightmare is real. He's trying to rape you. He, he's holding with two hands. At one point, he's going to have to release one of his hands to go access his own zipper or something. When he does that, as soon as he takes his hand off you, boom, he's only controlling you with one hand, and that's when you make your move. As a woman, I'm not as big as half the men or anything else but my strength is in my hips. So when that person's on top of me, I move with my hips and I'm on top of them. The person lying in bed has the balance. But you need to learn and take the time to have your body own it. Mm -hmm. Oh, I just remembered something. It's yeah. really great. I've got to share this. That's <laughs> great. It's one of my favorite things about it. Uh, as you know, Tanya, I spent many years working in the field of recovery. Yeah. So the oh. therapeutic aspect of this workshop is a really powerful. A lot of people take the workshop because they've been assaulted. If they had an experience that they were willing to bring in, it's like a do-over to reenact where they were victimized with these new tools that they had. A woman who had been carjacked in a brand new yellow Corvette um, with a guy with a gun got to do it over. And completely subdued the guy. She didn't get hurt. She kept her car. The guy got uh, imaginarily arrested. 
Uh, in fact, someone in, in the one you did had been raped, assaulted. Yes. Uh, and she brought that in and we reenacted, yes. we set it all up. She, with very little effort, using two or three of the techniques that she had learned, absolutely gained control of that situation. First of all, the courage it takes for someone to bring something like that, that they're so traumatized by, into a workshop and share it because it helps everybody. And then to actually face that situation again. And this person did say, I'll never be a victim again. Oh. We make our workshop a safe environment. Yeah. They're mm. limited in size. Mm. It's all confidential. I know you, you mentioned before, but the, just the range of people that you have worked with to teach yeah. the self-defense uh, classes include uh, a woman who's pregnant, a woman, who, an elderly woman in a wheelchair. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, there are these magical little stories. Like yeah. there was a woman who took the workshop. She was a stroke victim and her left side was almost completely paralyzed. Yes. By the end of the workshop, she had gained 45% motion on the paralyzed side. We had a mother and a daughter yeah. who did not have a really harmonious relationship, hmm. take it together, and where they do the, the tandem fighting section, you can learn to work together. The mother and daughter fought the same two big guys that we bring in from the zoo every time. And, <laughs> and the two of them together, well, let me put it this way. After they were finished, those guys actually just wanted to stay on the floor. <laughs> uh, so you don't want to share this like at a party. Look what I can do. Yeah. This woman came home, you know, to her husband knew she was taking this. And she went in the alley to go in the back door and he grabbed her. She didn't know who it was. Oh, he was, he was testing her. He was yeah, messing with her, messing basically. With her. She uh -huh. turned, went into him and broke his leg. Oh, jeez. Uh -huh. you know? And it's like, again, you're learning tools that are there to defend yourself. Right. You own them. You don't have to use them all the time. They're not for play. I learned to drive better. Yes. My awareness. Mm. I was at a stoplight, and this homeless guy reached inside the car on the other side to grab my purse. Mm. Just grabbed his hand, turned it over, looked at him, and it, I could have broken his wrist. And he just let go of the purse and ran away. Like when you're on an airplane, you are holding so many weapons. Your iPhone mm. is a weapon. Your credit cards are weapons. Plastic, some of the food. Some of the food is a weapon, you know, but a plastic fork on the airplane. And one of those syrup containers in a plastic. Anything. anything yeah. with it has an edge, a sharp edge on oh, it. You, you can take care of yourself. A lot of people that we've known over the years have been resistant to doing the workshop. As one of our friends said, if I go and focus on this kind of thing, I'm just inviting more of this into my life, more of this yeah. negative assault stuff. And I'm gonna be living in greater fear, hypervigilance all the time. But that's actually the opposite of what happens. In yeah. fact, we live with less fear. And because <laughs> we live with less fear, it allows me to be more open as a human being. Yeah. Let me just come back to you in just a second. I'm going to get your answer on that of some, maybe some unexpected examples of how you, your awareness and knowledge you've used to evade some dangerous situation. Think about that for a moment. Uh, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. 
This is But You're Not Funny. If you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, visit our website, butyourenotfunny.com. And we're back. I'm Bill Hoverston. This is But You're Not Funny. And my guests are Wally and Tanya Baggett, creators of the Boundaries slash WAP program of personal self-protection. And before the break, I posed a question, how you've used your skills and your mindset to get out of a, get out of a pickle. Okay, here's something that probably no one ever talks about on this show in LA. I'm sorry, oh. it's censored. We can't cover that. Okay, another thing is... <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> God, this is so uptight. This anyway, is traffic, driving in traffic. Ah. I remember once that a guy cut me off that I had to pull my little Nissan off the road onto the curb. So when I got back on the road and I was behind the guy, I actually haunted him to let him know that I was behind him. Uh -huh. That was it. The guy let me pass and then got behind me and followed me almost all the way home. Ooh. He was right on my bumper. I turned <laughs> left and pulled into a parking lot. The guy whipped in behind me. I was hoping I had lost him and pulled his car in front of me so that I couldn't turn around and got out of his car. I had really no option. He came at me and he threw a punch at me. This guy was probably 100 pounds bigger than I was. Wow. I've been doing this for almost 40 years. And when something comes up, I still feel adrenaline. I still feel fear. So I just stepped towards him with my right foot. And I made with my right forearm, like an up windmill circular motion. Mm-hmm as I stepped into him and brought my forearm down in the crook of his arm that was coming at me. Because he was moving so fast with so much power, that knocked him to the ground. Hmm. And I did say to him, don't get up. And then I got back in my car and I backed out and I drove home. Wow. So I could have done many, many other things, but I could not get out of that situation. So I did the least that I could because the truth is, for some weird reason, I wasn't angry at the guy. In other situations, I was once in a restaurant with a bar, and this guy came up, and he started talking to waitress while I was talking to her. I could see he was a little loaded, and I just said to him, if you'll excuse me, I'm talking. And he put his hand on my shoulder very aggressively. Yep. And I just said to the waitress, excuse me a minute, and I looked at him and I said, you don't want to do that. And I don't know what he saw in my face, but he took his hand off my shoulder and I turned around and walked away. If yes. you can turn and walk away, if you can turn and run away, if there's a weapon involved, you're much stronger and much more powerful than if you get sucked into the other person's moment of dysfunction. Just the power that you describe, Wally, in your eyes, yeah. You didn't need to do a thing to him. Your eyes looked in his size and said, you don't want to do that. And that was enough to stop him right there. That's incredibly powerful. I just had clarity. Yeah. These things are accessible to anyone. Or if you do have physical issues, it's all adaptable. Yeah. yeah. And you learn within that time 
with the group of people you're working with, mm. trust. Yeah. To let go. That's huge. Yeah, that's so important. Well, I had known you for a while yeah. before we did the workshop, but it gave everything in my relationship with you a whole different meaning. Yeah. But another thing is to help people. Like there was a man that was in our driveway and he was only like, I would say about 17. So I went up to him, he was lying down and I just, I didn't touch him. I just said, do you want to get up there calling the police, you know, to come and pick you up, to take you away? Mm. And he goes, oh, you, you're going to help me? I said, yes, just get up. I knew I could handle anything that he would do. And I took him to the homeless park. And all the people there, there was like five other men in wheelchairs, everything up. And I just said, can you help him? And they said, come to us, brother. Oh, wow. Learning these techniques, I'm mm. not afraid to help. You know, you that know? is such a beautiful story, Tanya. Mm. Just that, I mean, the compassion. He just talked on the way. He said, my parents don't want me around anymore. Yeah. You know? And they also know when to ask for help. Fear is important. It serves a purpose. It can be a useful tool like any feeling yeah. without taking charge of reality. That's what this workshop helps people do. And find the compassion in yourself. That's beautiful. Yeah. Wow. Well, you teach classes in person. Do you do any online training? Right now, we're trying to design a virtual WAP workshop. Yeah that reaches out to couples, families living at home together, where we can teach many of the same things that you learned. Draw a map of your home and where your, the exits are. and With your you know, kids, they learn it too with you. Mm -hmm. And you make it fun and enjoyable. We, we have great lessons, yeah. simple, easy, even including someone with a knife, even including someone coming up and sticking a gun in your face. You don't fight the weapon, you fight the person. Oh, uh, wow. Well, <laughs> Wally and Tanya, it's been such a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much. We've loved it. It's been yeah. You, would you tell people how they can get in touch with you? Sunset Sansu, S-A-N-S-O-O dot com. I also have an email, Master Wally Baggett, that's one word, Baggett, B-A-G-O-T, Master Wally Baggett at sunsetsansu.com. Okay, yes. guys. Thank you so much, Wally and Tanya. I'm Bill Hoverston, and this has been But You're Not Funny podcast. You can check <laughs> us out and subscribe for free on YouTube. And our website is butyourenotfunny.com. I'm funny. I'm, you're, you're funny. funny. <laughs> I'm not funny. I'm the one that's not I'm funny. Not you're, funny. You're, you're funny. No, no. She's funny. No, I'm she's not funny. funny. Who's funny? <laughs> Who's funny? Thanks for listening to But You're Not Funny. Please subscribe on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Bill Hoverston. You can see my work at BillHoverston.com. It's been a pleasure.